to get started before all the Christmas festivities, so we can't wait to see you on there. So again, 6 p.m. Friday, online service, next Sunday, in person, 10 a.m. service. So we're excited for that, and we hope that you have a great Christmas. And then we got some fun stuff coming up in the new year, like 21 days of prayer and fasting. we got to work off all the Christmas food and cookies that we ate, right? I think I've eaten more cookies this year than anybody. So, hey, can we just, you guys ready for the word? Are y'all ready for the work? All right. Can we stand to our feet this morning and welcome our senior pastor, Jonathan Wilson, to the platform? Come on, church. Let's welcome Pastor Jonathan. Thank you, Jacob. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus. When the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And I pray today as I share the word that your word would dwell in our hearts through faith. Lord, that faith would rise in our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Not only that you came into the world 2,000 years ago, but we can celebrate the advent of you, Christ, in our hearts where you, where, where you reside because of the faith that we have in you. And today we pray for each and every person here, whatever's happening in their lives or in their world, we know that you are with us. Your name is Emmanuel, God with us. You are for us. And I pray that you would show yourself strong in each and every person's life. May your presence be real. May your presence be powerfully experienced by each and every person in this place. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. While you're still standing, a couple of things I want to do. I, I, I want to pray for Paul Roosh. Paul Roosh, um, Paul and Rosemary. Rosemary's here. Uh, Polly Elman's parents. Uh, Polly Kikanyo's grandparents. He's in, in uh, critical care in hospital. And he had a bad turn this week. And uh, we are, it's, he, he doesn't have COVID. Um, the reality is in today's world, when you hear people are sick, everyone thinks COVID straight away. But uh, we, we are praying for the family, praying for God's grace. And he loves Jesus. I went to the hospital and laid hands on him and prayed for him uh, just a couple of days ago. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you would, just to uphold him in prayer. Uphold the family. This, of course, this is, this is never a good time for to go through uh, challenges like this. And, of course, uh, as I've always said, at Christmas, everything is more keenly felt and experienced. And, and I know maybe there's other things that are happening in people's lives and world that we're not highlighting. And that doesn't mean that we're not here for you. As a church, we want to be here for you when you walk through times like this. So why don't we, we pray together? And uh, uh, Father, we thank you today. As I've already prayed, you sent your son Jesus into our world to walk with us, to walk amongst us, to experience everything that we experience. And today I pray, we pray for Paul. Lord, I pray even now, right there in his hospital bed, let him have a, a, just such a powerful sense of your love and of your presence. May your presence be so, so thick. May there be such a sense of, of God surrounding him. May he know your joy in his heart. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would, you would comfort uh, Rosemary, Polly, the whole family. May they know your grace to walk through this time. May they know the grace of Jesus Christ, which is sufficient for every circumstance and every situation. And we uphold every other family and every person here that's walking through difficult times in this time when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. The very fact that we celebrate the birth of Jesus means that we are remembering that you are not aloof, Lord. You're not a God that's distant, but you're present with us. You step into our world. You know what we're going through. May your grace and your presence be strong in each and every heart and life. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? All right. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about our Christmas Eve service. Not just because I don't have to preach. I've already brought the message. Um, I think it was, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a 35-minute message. Uh, the, not message. It's a 35-minute service. Um, and it's at 6 p.m. because we wanted to put it at a time where it's kind of like in between all of your preparations and all that follows with all of your 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 food and everything. I think our family have asked that I cook a paella for Christmas Eve. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Paella, Valenciana. Um, and, uh, but, but it's at 6 p.m. You can watch it online at home. It's a premiere, and it's 35 minutes long. And this is what we're going to encourage you to do, is to get online and interact we met, yeah, thank you for the underwhelming response. I know you're just, uh, yeah. and to interact online. And uh, you can, uh, I mean, it's, you're not going to be able to jump into the service, okay? And, but, but you're going to be able to talk, we're going to be able to talk to each other. We're going to be able to, you're going to be able to make comment. You're going to be able to say amen. Or uh, you're going to be say, you know, whatever you might want to say. Joy to the world or whatever. Hark the herald, no, hark the the, the, the Newport Angels sing, whatever it might be. Um, get online. So we want to know that you're there. We want to experience each other. You can be in your PJs in front of the fireplace, whatever, whatever it may be. But it's a great, and listen, Jake and Raquel did an amazing job with this. And I've seen the kids, what the kids did. And there's a special video there. You're going to love it. It's amazing. You do not want to miss it. So watch it live. It's never the same if you're not watching it live. So it will be available later if you can't make that. But do everything you can. Spread the word. I, I don't know if anyone reads the email. I, I spend a lot of time. I spend a good two hours every week writing a letter to the church. It's a love letter to you. And if you don't read it, yeah, please read it. Please read it because I put effort into it. And in that, there is a link to the service that you can send to friends and family, people who maybe wouldn't be going to church or won't go to church on Christmas Eve. Please send it to them. Take the link, send it to them so they can be a part of it. And uh, that will be great. Um, 35 minutes. 
6 p.m. this coming Friday. And then on Sunday, we have a service. And it's going to be kind of like, because Christmas Day is a Saturday, we're going to do like a Christmassy service as well. In Australia, it's called Boxing Day. In England, it's called Boxing Day. Uh, in America, it's the day after Christmas. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, first of all, Jean Carlos Quicaño. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday. So, Feliz Cumpleaños, Jean Carlos. We love you. You are awesome. And, uh, yeah, he had his birthday. And now, going into a different decade, William Evangelista, who's been a part of our church for many, many years, has a birthday this week, turns 89. Today, when is it? Oh, well, it appears that those who are giving me information have got the date wrong. But I was informed by someone who's very good with numbers, that is uh, Michael Elman, who uh, told me that it was tomorrow. But anyway, happy birthday on March the 1st. So good and... Uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, uh, it's completely thrown me right now. Um, okay. All right. All right. Hey, if you love good coffee, you can buy coffee for a cause out in the uh, foyer after the service. And all of the proceeds or the profit from this is going towards kids in India on the streets in India. Um, with our Vision Rescue mission. So these make a good stocking stuffer. Uh, put them in, you know, maybe not your kids because you might have a, a busier Christmas than you hope for or a more active child over Christmas. Not for kids' consumption. But for an adult, I mean, die, this would be a really great gift for me. I think I would like this. Um, but you can buy them out there. And these are available. Um, who would like one of these? Who would like one? No one. No one. Caitlin. Now, Caitlin has come all the way from Boston. And we love her. We miss her. We're so glad to see her. So, Caitlin, can you, can you catch? Okay, watch out, Rosemary. Here we go. Whoa. All right. So enjoy. Great to see you, Caitlin. We love her. I don't know why she left us, but she's gone to Boston. She got a job over there and a great job. And I'm praying that you get a great job back here in California. <laughs> she likes Boston. I have a thing about Boston. They had a tea party a long time ago that I wasn't invited to because apparently I'm English and no English people were invited to that tea party. Not very hospitable. All right, let's get to the word. We've been talking about Advent. And of course, those of us that have, been, have joined with us, whether it's online or in person, know that we've been talking about the word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means the coming or the arrival of a notable event or person referring to Jesus Christ. Advent has been celebrated by the church for uh, since the 4th century. That's a long time. And uh, 
as a time when we anticipate Christmas. And of course, the anticipation that we have as Christians of Christmas is, in a sense, not, not just uh, isolated to our moment in time, but to the fact that our celebration of Christmas looks back into the past, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was born. So Advent is a time of celebrating what took place in the past 2,000 years ago, but it's also a time of anticipation, understanding that just as Jesus came in his first Advent through his birth, he promised that he would come again, the second Advent of Jesus Christ. And we're a lot closer to the second advent of Christ than those who lived at the time of his first advent. And so we wait with anticipation. And the Greek word used for advent is parousia, which is the word that's used for the second coming of Christ, the parousia of Christ. Um, but what we've been focusing on as well is that advent's not just past, it's not just future, it's present. It's about welcoming Jesus into our hearts. The advent of Christ, the most important facet of the birth of Jesus Christ, whether it was past or whether it's in the future, is the present reality of the power of Jesus Christ living in our hearts through faith. And that's where Jesus wants to reside. He wants to live in our hearts. And in order for that to happen, it requires that we welcome him into our hearts. The fact is that however many years ago it is for me, now 42 years since I accepted Christ as a young man into my heart as my savior. But every single day, I need to welcome Jesus into my heart. I need to welcome him into every moment of my day. And so as we celebrate Advent, as we approach uh, Christmas, we've looked at the advent of hope. Jesus brings hope to my life. He brings hope to your life. The advent of love. Jesus demonstrated what real love is. And so we can welcome his love into our hearts. But today I want to talk about joy. I think joy is probably one of the most misunderstood words or one of the more misunderstood words in the English language. We get joy mixed up with happiness. Uh, we, get, uh, we, we have a, a, an idea of what joy is. And I want to talk a little bit about joy today, the advent of joy, and how Jesus brings joy to our lives and to our hearts. Um, I love the, that, that first verse, or the first song that we sang today, was joy to the world. Uh, you uh, will be glad to know that I'm not going to sing that right now. But joy to the world. Uh, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. I love that. Let earth receive her king. And then this powerful statement in there. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. I want to focus a little bit about that. Let every heart prepare him room. If we are going to experience the joy of Christ's advent, we have to make room for Christ in our hearts. I want to say that again. It may sound like a very simple statement, but it's a very significant statement. 
If we want to experience joy in our lives, we need to make room for Christ in our hearts. Not only in our schedules or our schedules, like the Grinch, who was invited to the Christmas party and was trying to work out what he would wear. But what will I wear? And then he ended up saying, well, my, even if I was invited, my schedule simply wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Not only in our schedules, but like the Grinch who had no room for Christmas in his heart and finally made room for Christmas in his heart, we need to make room for Christ in our hearts if we want to experience the joy that Jesus wants us to experience in life because the advent of Christ in our hearts is the reason that Jesus was born. He was born so that he could live in our hearts. And I love that second carol that we sang, or was it the last carol that we sang today? Hark the herald angels sing. I remember, I used to sing that as a boy and I, at school when I, we, we were forced to go to church. They used to chain us in a <laughs> chain gang and take us to church and you know, sign, tick us off and check us off that we've been to church. And, and we used to sing it. Uh, joy, uh, we used to sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I love that song because just kind of the whole mystery of Christmas and the wonder of Christmas, but really had, and I had an awareness of God. I did have an understanding, but never really fully understood it until I was born again. And I can remember the first Christmas I sang that. And I sang that, that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It was like a light went off in my head. And I thought, I understand what the writer of this song meant when he wrote those words. And he said, Hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Listen to this. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Jesus was born to give us second birth so he could dwell in our hearts through faith. And here's the amazing thing. When Jesus was born, the writer of the gospel of Luke has such a powerful, gives us such a powerful insight into the spiritual realities and truths that are found in the natural events of Jesus' birth. When we read the story of Luke, when we read the gospel of Luke, within the natural events of Jesus' birth are profound spiritual truths. And one of the prof most profound spiritual truths is that when Joseph and Mary made their journey from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem because uh, Caesar Augustus at the time, we'll get to Caesar Augustus in a moment, Caesar Augustus had made a decree that all the, uh, all the earth should go to their, their hometown for a census. When they arrived in Bethlehem, here's the profound truth that is seen in the natural events of Jesus' birth. There was no room in the inn. I want you to think about that. There was no room in the inn. There was no door that was open to them. There was no one who welcomed them except for an innkeeper who had a stable where he kept his livestock that he opened 
and made available for Joseph and Mary where Jesus was born. We don't know where that is. I've stood on the site where Jesus was supposedly born. Now it's just a cave that you descend into and there's a star in the ground and somehow you imagine maybe this was where this event took place. But Jesus was born most likely in a cave that was used as a stable. And, and the, the, the profound truth in that is that ever since the birth of Christ, sadly, for many people, there has been no room for Jesus in their lives or no room for Jesus in their world. But Jesus came to make room for us, to make room for us in heaven. And he said to his disciples, where I am going, I want you to be one day. And that's the wonderful news of the Jesus birth that we know that the day comes, when the day comes, when we go out into eternity, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be with him. He made room for us through his birth into a world where there was no room. He opened a door for us in a world where no door was open to him. But to those who open the door of their lives to Christ, and for those who make room for Jesus in their world, we will experience joy. We will experience the true meaning of that word joy. Because there's a difference between joy and happiness. And I think for many people, as I said earlier, it's difficult for people to understand the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is a state of being. Happiness is an emotion. How many times have you maybe said or heard people say, I'm just not happy? Well, that is based on circumstances. You see, because it's, it's an emotion. Whereas joy is a state of being. Joy is constant. Regardless of the circumstances, happiness is temporary. It's fleeting. Joy is something that's internal. Happiness is something that's external, based on what's happening out there around about you. Joy comes from God. Happiness comes from our environment. And so Jesus was born, and when he was born and, and, and the angels uh, said, you know, I bring you tidings of great joy. I love that. The word joy that was used in, in, the, in, the, in the Greek uh, is, is the word kara, C-H-A-R-A, which means joy or delight. I bring you great joy. And the word great they use is mega. We all, that's become a part of, you know, everyday vernacular now. It's mega. Mega this, mega that, megalon, megalith, whatever, mega, mega, mega. Great joy, mega joy, I bring you. And it's interesting when you look at the orig origin of that Greek word, kara, there's an etymological link to the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, from which we get the word charismatic, or which actually means, the Greek word charis means grace or favor. So there's a link between, and it's important that we get this, there's a link between gr uh, joy in the Greek, kara and charis. Kara and charis go together. 
In other words, joy and grace and favor go together. That's where we find joy. We find joy in the grace of God. We find joy in the favor of God. We find joy in the fact that we're going to heaven. We find joy in the fact that we can experience God's presence. We find joy in the fact that God is for us, not against us. We find joy in the fact that we have access and we can enter the throne room of God. We find joy in the fact that we can boldly enter into the throne room of, of grace and find grace in times of need. We find joy in the fact that God is constant in a constantly shifting and changing world. We find joy in the fact that God's word is absolute and that every power of the enemy that will try to tear down the foundational principles of his word will not stand because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's where we find our joy. It's not going away. No one can steal your joy. No one can take our joy. And Nehemiah, who we've been focusing on recently, said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's our strength. Don't let the source of your joy or the subject of joy be confused with happiness. Sometimes people, what, what's your goal? I just want to live a happy life. I don't want to burst your bubble, but sometimes we don't feel happy. Anyone ever woken up one day and you just don't feel happy? Welcome to life. Welcome to the world. Welcome to reality. My goal in life is not to be happy. My goal in life is to fulfill the purpose for my life and the destiny that God has for my life. My goal as a pastor is to help you find that purpose, help you find that destiny, help you find the reality of why Jesus was born so that you can experience the fullness of the abundance of life that God wants you to experience. That is where we find our joy. And the only way that we can find that joy, the same joy, that same word that Jesus said to the, to the faithful servants who used the talents that were given to them, well done, good and faithful, enter into the joy of your master. One day I hope, as I go out into eternity, I'll hear those words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. That unspeakable joy that is beyond our natural comprehension that we will experience in his presence. It's the same word that's used throughout these passages in the New Testament that relate to the birth of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. Jesus brings joy to all those who make room for him. If we don't make room for Jesus, how can we expect to experience his presence? If we don't make room for Jesus, how can we experience how can we expect to experience his peace? 
his hope, his love, the joy. Now Jesus said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. And we know that he will never fail us or forsake us. He will always be there. But we'll only ever experience his presence to the extent that we make room for him in our lives and in our hearts. And here's the predicament and here's the thing that I, I think about and I, as I think about this whole subject of making room for Jesus is that the natural events, as I've said, of Jesus' birth that are recorded in the Gospel of Luke, probably Luke and Matthew, well, every one of the writers of the Gospels has a different perspective on the birth of Jesus, which is why the story is so rich. But G Luke specifically focuses on his humanity and the events of his birth. But the fact that, that Mary made room for Jesus. Mary not only made room for Jesus in her heart, but after she made room for Jesus in her heart, she made room for Jesus in her womb. And because she made Jesus room for Jesus in her womb, she gave birth to the Savior of the world. And today I wonder if we respond in the same way that Mary responded in that moment that the angel appeared to her, where we not only make room in our heart, but we make room in our spiritual womb where God can begin to cause his purpose, his vision, his heartbeat, his divine design for each one of our lives to gestate to the point where we give birth to the full potential of everything that God destined for our lives, for which Jesus came and for which God created each and every one of us. And so Mary, because she made room for Jesus in her heart, because she made room for Jesus in her womb, gave birth to the Savior of the world. I wonder what we could do if we make room for Jesus in our heart and we make room for Jesus in our spiritual womb. It was inconvenient. It was difficult. It meant that she would become the object of scandal and innuendo and suspicion and so on and so forth that a young girl in her teenage years had become pregnant through a visitation from God. It was not an easy road that they walked to Bethlehem. But because she made room for Jesus, she experienced the wonder. Can you imagine the wonder, the one woman more blessed than any other women who gave birth to Christ because she made room for him. And this is the key. When the angel came, she had a choice. She said, and her response was, let it be to me according to your word. She could have rejected that opportunity. She could have been bypassed, but she made room for Jesus. And as I think about my life, and I think about our lives where we live in a world, first of all, where spiritually the forces that are at work in our world today are doing everything possible to push Jesus out of our lives, to push Jesus out of our world. And I'm not going to get into all of the aspects of that, but there are many aspects of it, including our language as we talk about Christmas, including... Uh, many of the things that are happening in our schools, 
including many of the many of the things that have become more um, probably and more prevalent in the last two years than in the previous uh, 50 years, that we're seeing the tip of the iceberg of things that have been happening in our society and in our culture for, for 50, 60, 70 years that are coming to the surface right now. But the reality is that we live in a world that is trying to push Jesus out. It's not Xmas. It's Christmas. It's not the holiday season. It's Christmas. It's the day we celebrate the birth of Christ. And so we live in a world that's trying to push Jesus out. Prayer out. And yet the reality is that however hard the enemy works... The Spirit of God is moving in people's hearts. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more also. And the reality is that today we have the opportunity every day of our lives, but also others who watch online. The reality of the, the great thing that COVID has brought to the world is an online audience where people can listen in, can be a part of what's happening because the, the, the live stream of, and, and the, it is so much a part of our lives and world. We watched on, uh, on Friday, we watched our future daughter-in-law, Di and I, uh, graduating from Emory. I always get it wrong. Embry. Uh, Emory. Yeah, becoming a, a, medic, a, a, a doctor's assistant. And we watched her graduating. She's in Atlanta. Live. So the reality is that we might live in a world where there's no room or less room for Jesus, but we can make room for Jesus. And the measure to which we make room for Jesus in our lives and in our world determines the measure of joy that we experience, the measure of the revelation of God's grace and favor and the reality of our destiny and the reality of all that God has made possible for us. But here's the thing. I find the busier I get... I find the more that I have available at my fingertips, like I have a confession to make that Di already knows, but right now the Ashes cricket tour is on in Australia. Now, you wouldn't know what the Ashes is, but I'm going to give you a little bit of history here. Um, uh, Nick Lagern will know. Um, but, but cricket is the game they play in heaven. It's the game that baseball, in which baseball has its origins. And uh, cricket uh, is, is played internationally. Uh, just to give you an example, you know, the number of people that watch cricket as, a, as, a, as opposed to some other sports. When Di and I were in India a few years ago, the first game of the World Cup, not the final, there were one billion people watching it live. And in India, uh, I think that was just in, in the, the Indian subcontinent, not the rest of the world. So anyway, England playing Australia in, in, in Australia. It's called the Ashes Tour, long, long history there of over 150 years or whatever of playing cricket. And the Australians are at giving England a hiding. But I can, I can watch it live stream. And the thing is, it goes for five days. Um, now they have dinner tea breaks and lunch breaks and afternoon breaks and so on. And, 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 uh, 
um, I watch it, I can, I can have it on live stream. So obviously I'm not watching it all day, but the hours have been very good. It starts at 8 p.m., this particular one, 8 p.m. and finishes at 3 a.m. So I have my AirPods and I get my AirPod out and I put this AirPod in my left ear like this. And I watch the live stream. Oh, the live stream's going there. And when something interesting happens, I'm watching it while Di's having a conversation with me. <laughs> and I'm sorry, could you say that a little louder? I'm, I'm a little hard of hearing. I'm getting older. So I've got the live stream going. I'm checking Instagram. I'm listening to Die, uh, and you know I'm probably reading some emails here and there, and I'm on my computer doing some work on my computer. I'm multitasking, and it's so easy for my life to get so full that I'm not focusing and making room for the conversation that I need to have with Die or the conversation that we're having. Or the fact that I'm making room for Jesus. You see, the enemy knows probably with most people that are here, he's not going to get you to turn away from Jesus, reject Jesus. But he wants to do everything he can to keep you so focused on other things in your life and in your world that we have no room for Jesus in our lives. Which is why the whole concept of having a quiet time or a time that we set aside where we focus on God in prayer, when we focus on God's word, when, we, when our attention is focused on Jesus and we have a moment where we welcome Jesus in. And maybe next time you pray, have this thought in your mind, Lord, I'm making room for you in my heart in my day, in my life. Come and fill my heart with your presence. Fill my heart with your joy. Oh, that's right. These problems seem pretty big, but I'm going to heaven. These problems seem pretty big, but God, you're greater than any problem that I have. I'm making room for Jesus, and the more I make room for Jesus, the more of his joy I experience. And without going into all of the multiple facets of Jesus' room, uh, Jesus' birth, every single person that made room for Jesus in the midst of the darkness of their, their night, the shepherds, experienced great joy. The wise men experienced great joy. And there's this contrast between uh, that, that Luke uses in his narrative that is so powerful where he contrasts joy in the midst of the night, joy in the midst of fear. Um, and, and, and that is the essence of, of how you and I experience joy because we will walk through night seasons. We will walk through difficult times. We will walk through times when we are afraid and we experience the reality of fear and the paralysis of fear. But we can know God's presence, and we can know God's joy in the midst of that. 
There are so many aspects of, of the birth of Christ that some of which next week I'm going to speak about um, the, the advent of peace as we conclude this series on the day after Christmas. But the reality of Jesus' presence and how Jesus can bring joy in the midst of the challenges. I love this, story, this passage of scripture in John 16 where John speaks about the pain of birth or Jesus speaks about the pain of birth. I, I, I've never been through childbirth and I'm very thankful to God that I was born a male and don't, don't have to go through childbirth. I can remember when Di checked the, her pregnancy test for Bella and uh, she checked it and saw that she was pregnant. The first thing that she did was cry. And she didn't cry for joy. She cried because she was thinking about the birth. And, and I've witnessed uh, many, many births, having had many children. And Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. You will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. I want to conclude on that. No one can rob you of that joy. Why? Because we've made room for Jesus. We've opened the door to our lives. We've opened the door to our world. And when we do, he will fill our lives with his joy. Joy that's not based on circumstances. Joy that's not based on what's happening in the world. Joy that's not based on whether things are going well at the present for us or not. But a joy that is eternal. A joy that is based on the grace and the favor and the love of God. And I pray that you will experience that joy this Christmas as we celebrate the advent of Christ. Can you say amen to that? Let's give Jesus a big hand of praise. If you would stand with me to your feet, I want to pray for you as our worship team come. Father, I pray for every person in this place. As we think about the birth, your birth, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, and the wonder, the mystery, the, all that took place on that holy night, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you stepped into a dark world filled with fear, filled with hopelessness and filled it with light and your love and your joy gave us hope that we might know a peace that passes all understanding and today Lord as we stand here those who are here present in our meeting those who are watching online and those who are yet to watch we are 
we invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Jesus. We make room for you in our hearts and in our lives. And in the busyness of our schedules, in the busyness of our lives, in, the, in all the things that are crying out and shouting at us for, for, for attention, we make room and we make time for you, Jesus, to be in your presence, to read words of life in your word that illuminate our hearts and our spirits and give us hope and strength and faith to experience your peace to be still in the midst of the storm and Holy Spirit I invite you to come right now and begin continue to minister to people to people's hearts we welcome you Lord and we thank you for your presence Thank you, Lord. We are forever grateful, forever thankful for your amazing grace and exceedingly great favor. Be with us this Christmas, Lord, as we celebrate with our families in the midst of the hustle and the bustle and the busyness and all the celebrations and the festivities and the tension and the the niggly moments that are difficult. Give us grace and help us, Lord. And I pray a special blessing on every family here, every, every family represented. And Lord, because we know your grace and we know your favor and because we know hope and peace and joy and love in our hearts, may we bring that to every table that we sit at, to every moment that we have together. May we be harbingers and carriers of that hope. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in that name, that matchless name, that name which is above every other, the name of Jesus, at which one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here, either in our meeting or watching online, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you've never opened the door of your life to make room for Jesus in your life and in your world, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. For many, maybe you're thinking, well, how do I do that? Do I have to earn the right? No, Jesus did everything that was necessary for you and I to just simply open the door and receive him into our lives as our savior and make room for him. And when he comes in, he begins his work. He sits with us and he brings his love and his grace into our world and every aspect of our lives. And all you have to do is to say yes. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, not only to make room for him in your life, but and, and, and every aspect of your, of your life, but also to accept what Jesus did for you, which is forgiveness, to make a way for you to experience the presence of God in every day, and also the gift of eternal life. 
the hope that we have and we know that when we leave this life and go into eternity, we will enter into the joy that God has prepared for each one of us. And so today, if you want to pray that prayer, I know that God's going to answer your prayer. He's going to hear the cry of your heart. Let's pray this together. Whether you're praying this for the first time or making a recommitment of your life to Christ, and when you pray it, God will answer the cry of your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I open up my heart and I make room for you, Jesus. I invite you to come into my life, my heart, my world. I make room for you. Forgive me. I thank you for the gift of eternal life. Fill my heart and my life with your presence, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of destiny. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Would you give Jesus a big hand of praise? If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you take the next step. We have a book called Following Jesus. If you're watching online, there's a link there that you can connect with us. We'd love to give you that book as a gift. If you're here, we have that book available at the Connect Zone. And we'd love you to, to take that, begin to read it. It gives you some great foundational truths and principles of your faith. And, and we have a group that meet and we can advise you of when that group is going to be gathering. But when it does, it's before our Sunday service uh, for 45 minutes or so from uh, 9.15 up till just before 10 o'clock. And uh, they discuss the principles of God's Word. And it's a great grounding and foundation for people who, uh, who are, are new to their faith or even people who want to renew that, that measure of revelation and understanding of those foundational principles. But we'd love you to, love you to connect with us. All right, well, next time we meet, Christmas will be 